fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Folks, like we do every single show, we start with gratitude, right? Folks, today we have a special guest on, uh, Ernest Ramirez. And if you haven't heard his story, he's a single dad who lost everything. He lost his son. This is a hard show today. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now firsthand, it's a hard show today. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a single dad. I have a son about Ernesto's age, and Ernest lost his son because he trusted people who lied to him. He trusted that these gene modification shots were safe and effective. And as you're going to hear Ernesto talk about in the following segments, um, his son was murdered by these shots, murdered so that supposedly chosen men could profit and enslave us. Today's uh, show is hard, folks. I'm not even going to front. It's hard, but you have to hear it. You have to hear this story. His son got the gene modification shot and five days later was dead. And this man's entire life now is over, at least the good part of his life, the part of his life that he lived for, the joy of watching his son grow into the man that he hoped he to be. And make no mistake about it, Ernesto Ramirez Jr., was every bit of growing into a good man, a good American man. And now this brave man, Ernest Ramirez Sr., has dedicated his life to being in service of God and of humanity itself. And he tells this story over and over and over and over again, having to realize and relive this horror every day so that other children and other families might make better decisions, might know that they have been lied to and that under no circumstances should these shots ever be trusted in a child's body. He's going to tell you a story today of not just how incredible Ernesto Ramirez Jr. was, but he's going to tell you about what happened 
after and how the government attempted to coerce him into changing the death certificates to show that Ernest, Ernesto Ramirez Jr. died not from the shots, but from COVID. So his death could be counted as a COVID death. The, the criminal data fraud I have been bringing to you and bringing to the attention of every single person who would listen since early 2020. Criminal data fraud and willful misconduct that we are pursuing in grand jury. We need you now, everyone. We need your support. Ernest needs your support. He's been talking about this and talking about this and talking about what's happened to his son. Can we come together and give his son justice? Give Ernest justice. Give him a moment of reprieve to where he doesn't have to keep talking about this, but to raise awareness that we are aware, that we are united, and that we are going to fight them. I keep hearing people talking about justice. We need somebody to do something. My team is, and we need your support now. For the love of God, we need you now. If Ernest, after all he's been through, can continue to recount this horror a tragedy no parent should ever have to endure. If he can do that and travel the world doing it on his own dime, he doesn't make a penny. He speaks all over the place and all he gets is his travel expenses covered. Folks, he doesn't make a penny and doesn't want a penny for this. The government tried to pay him off and give him blood money to change a death certificate. And they said, we'll give you money so that you can bury your son, so that you can be quiet. How many other families has our government done this to? How many other families have lost and are suffering and are grieving? And then they have somebody coming to their door and saying, hey, we'll give you some money if you just do what we want you to do. And you Think of anything more evil, more disgusting, more deplorable than that to approach a single father who is grieving over the loss of the, his life, his existence for living, and to tell this proud American man, if you do what we want and change his cause of death from the shot to COVID, we'll give you money. Can't wait for you to listen to what Ernest had to say about that. Now, I'm going to warn you ahead of time. He is constantly under cyber attack. They are constantly messing with his phone, his computers, everything. Does that sound like a compassionate, loving government? No, that sounds like people who have something to hide and they want the truth to never come out. So when you listen to Ernest tell this story, it's mostly clear, but there's going to be moments where it's inaudible. I want you to power through that and listen. There's going to be moments where he drops off the call and I'll start talking to carry through the segments to come. 
but I want you to hear his story. It's important. What will bring us back together isn't sympathy for Ernest. It's empathy. It's putting yourself in his shoes and asking a very important question. If this was me, how would I feel? Folks, I didn't make it through the interview without tears pouring down my face the entire time. And I don't say that because I'm trying to gain some favor with you. Oh, Dr. H has a heart. No, it's because I empathize with Ernest as a single father, as a parent who loves his child. That's why under no circumstances would I ever let my son get a shot, let alone these experimental gene modification shots. My son is unvaccinated and healthy. What an interesting situation. Maybe so much of what we call disease is brought to us by these shots. These shots where the pharmaceutical industry doesn't have any accountability. There is no way for Ernest to sue them right now until we prove willful misconduct. There's no way for him to hold them accountable and to take away the very thing that they hold so dear, their money, their blood money. If you hear a little anger in my voice, I want you to know it's well beyond that. If you hear a little rage in my tone, I want you to know it is well beyond that. There are moments in life where you just have to sack up and do something. And that's what we're doing right now. I need you to join the fight, folks. Our children's lives depend on it. I need you to join the fight. The future of our country depends on it. I need you to join the fight and be unapologetic, be politically incorrect and say in a resounding voice, this will not stand. We are better than this. We are not going to allow evil people who think they can murder for profit to take over our country and sell us out to the highest bidder, most notably places like China. That we are Americans. This is still the land of the free and the home of the brave. Well, if that's true, it is time to stand up and show it. And I know you will. Because there is no other alternative, folks. Some of you know a little bit about me. I'm a seventh generation freedman. My lineage chases back to a marriage certificate between two slaves in 1812. Seventh generation free man. I was born free. I will live no other way. My son is the same. His children will be the same because in unison, we decide to say, no, we will not go quietly into this night you are trying to create for us. We will not get lost in the darkness that you try to heap and put us in. We will be the light and you will know who we are by the love we emanate. 
by the love and the light that shines from us. And it may not look pretty and it may not be comfortable. Tough love sometimes isn't. But under no circumstances will this become who we are. Folks, this is a hard interview. It doesn't get more real than this. I implore you, I beg you, if you need me to get down on my knees and beg you, I beg you to listen to this interview in its entirety and have a moment of reflection with yourself. Empathize with Ernest Ramirez. Hold Ernesto Ramirez Jr. in your heart. Grab your children and tell them that you love them. And look at them and know what's at stake. Everything. If you've ever want to know where my fire comes from, it's this story. It's the story of Simone Scott. It's the story of Maddie DeGarry and all the children and all the adults just like them that were murdered for profit and injured as a joke. I will not sit by idly and watch God's children mowed down. Not for any reason, let alone this evil. And I hope you will join me in that pledge, that oath that we take as a greater family together. This will not stand. But together, we will stand in defiance of the tyranny, the evil that is upon us. We are close, folks. We're close to breaking through. Let's see the job finished. Join us. Join the fight. Go to beyondthecon.com, beyondthecon.com, and add your name in support of this grand jury petition. Let's push this into the millions, millions of people around our great nation who say, enough. We still run the show. We are the many. You are the few. And we aren't scared of you. We'll be back with more Energetic Health Radio and Ernest Ramirez right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. If you believe in health and you believe in freedom, then we are definitely the school for you because you can't have one without the other. At the Energetic Health Institute, we're going to show you how to live healthy so you can live free. Check us out at www.energetichealthinstitute.org and know that you are among family when you come in to study with us. Folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. 
All right. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the CofixRx banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. All right. Uh, welcome back, everyone. As I told you in the opening segment, uh, we are very blessed and very grateful to have uh, Ernest Ramirez uh, with us today uh, to talk about um, some of the events that went down with uh, his son, uh, Ernesto Ramirez Jr., who was, um, uh, he was murdered by these, these shots. Um, this is not necessarily going to be a feel-good segment, but I want you to throw your love and your support behind Ernest and embrace him in spirit and let him know that he's not alone and that uh, Ernesto's life will not be in vain. Um, it's very important to me that we work together as a larger family here and not only embrace Ernest, but make sure that we're relentless in our pursuit of justice for Ernesto uh, and all the children like him that have suffered just needlessly so murderers can profit off of them. Um, Ernest, thank you for joining us today, sir. I know you've talked about this so much. Thank you for uh, being with us today. Uh, how are you doing today? Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. I mean, I don't don't think I, 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 I didn't know what to do. Just start from the beginning, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I think why don't we why don't we start? Um, I, I want the audience and I want to know as well for myself, um, you know, what did you really love about uh, Ernesto? And tell us a little bit about how incredible of a young man he was. Oh, my he was real loving child. I mean, even as a growing up as a small, a young man, he was a, he started wanting to cook on his own or, I mean, he was in elementary school and he'd get up, you know, we'd be out here and he'd make, you know, a little ham sandwich and always offer dad, you want a ham sandwich? And, I mean, he was the type that didn't wait for me to do it for him. He always wanted to try to do stuff on his own. And uh, I mean, like I said, he was real, real lovable, man. I mean, he had a heart of gold. Uh, so like we, I mean, we spent all our time together. Like I said before, I bought a couple of baseballs because me personally, I never knew my father. I never had that father figure. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I liked because I, just, I was racing the streets and I swore my son would never go through that. So that's why I spent so much time with him. And I always told him I, I loved him. I always hugged and kissed him and always told him I loved him. I wanted him to know that. And I bought a couple of baseball gloves so we can play catch. So I can teach him how to play catch at the age of seven. 
and uh, he picked it up right away. And I, once I noticed that same day, once I noticed he was catching the ball, he was good with the glove. Mm-hmm. I started throwing it harder and harder to him. And he goes, Dad, be careful. You're going to hit me. I said, no, son, that's, good. that's your protection. As long as you have that glove, that's going to protect you. And then he started, you know, returning the ball to the same strength. And, you know, he surprised me. He picked it up so fast. He was so accurate and good. He wanted to play baseball. So, like, I, he, I signed him up that day, that same exact day. And uh, I ended up coaching Little League Baseball for seven years. You know, it was something we enjoyed. You know, we looked forward to practice every day or baseball games. And, I mean, he was he was great at it. He, uh, everyone here in town knew him. All of the Little League, they knew him because they, he come up to bat. The coaches would yell out, Ernesto's up, and all the team would back up. And then uh, if he get on base, uh, the coaches were always – yelling to their own pitchers, leave Ernesto alone. Because Junior would go, you know, he'd, uh, he'd pick on the pitchers. He'd go in between bases and mm-hmm. waiting for them to throw the ball. And naturally, he'd steal bases. And that was an ongoing thing for him. Even if he was on third, he'd walk halfway to home and just mm-hmm. clapping his hands, taunting the pitchers. And while their coaches are yelling, leave him alone, don't bother Ernesto, leave him alone. And He's still home also. I mean, he was he was a character on the field. Uh, like I said, everyone knew him, and he was always full of smiles. Not once did I ever see him frown. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was just a, he was so lovable. Everyone that knew him loved him, and you know he had so many friends. And uh, when I'd be outside working on cars or motorcycles, he was right there too with me. You know, like I said, you know, he was my, my best friend. we everything we did together. He loved to fish. Uh, I mean, he, we could be out there for hours without even a bite, but that was his happy place. He wasn't like other children. I'm tired, Dad, or I'm bored. Let's go home. No, I would have to drag him off the pier or the edge of the river. You know, come on, you know, let's take a break. He, he loved fishing and camping. You know, so, you know, like I said, I had the perfect little buddy. You know, so you know, we went through all this. He got once he started growing up older, he actually did start cooking dishes. You know, he loved pasta. He like mm-hmm. he loved chicken alfredo. And he would you know make stuff and you know, he'd ask me how to do this, how do I do that? And like I said, he never waited uh, or uh for me to teach him or tell him you need to learn. No, he wanted to learn on his own. And uh, I mean, actually, I'd cook every day or I would take, we'd go out to eat, which, you know, I'd always ask him, what do you want to do? And the type of child who was, well, whatever you want to do, dad, that was his answer all the time. Mm-hmm. I would tell him, you want to go eat? If you, yes, if you want to. Do you want the burgers? Okay, if you want. Do you want pizza? And that's all he would say, if, if that's what you want. I said, no, I'm asking you. Right. What do you want? He goes, whatever you want, dad. He, he was so... He wanted to make sure I was happy. He was always worried about me. And I would get after him. I'd tell him, no, that's my job to worry about you. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I couldn't have asked for a better son. He was wonderful. And, uh, you know, and naturally with, when all this COVID hit, you know, I panicked because all they would let people know was about, you know, people are catching COVID. <sighs> They're getting put in the hospital. 
on ventilators and dying. And I, I, I was in a panic. I mean, I didn't want I didn't even want to think about my son like that. So, you know, we stayed locked up like they told us to. You know, we used a hand sanitizer mask if we did go out, which is now we know that was a lie. There was not, it didn't serve any purpose. Mm-hmm. And then uh, naturally I went and got vaccinated first because I was scared and I didn't want to bring COVID home to my son. And uh, I didn't get any reactions. And then when I took him to get his, because Pfizer kept saying it was safe for teenagers, which now we know that's a lie also. And I took up his first dose. He said, sure, Dad, let's go. You know, he didn't argue or complain. You know, you, you, right away he volunteered. You know, he, so I took him and everything was normal. Everything was beautiful, you know. Like I said, I felt like a millionaire with me and my son. Mm-hmm. And he, we went five days with no side effects, no reactions, until my neighbor asked to take my son and her son to eat and play basketball. And so I met Junior. I never let him out. But I figured he has his first dose. He'll be fine. So I met him at the front door. I gave him some money, and I gave him a hug and a kiss. I told him to be good and behave. I didn't know that was going to be the last time I talked to my son. Yeah. Uh, so she called me about an hour later that something was wrong. And I raced over there. They were working on him. By the time I got there, they loaded him up in the ambulance. They wouldn't let me ride with them. So I chased him to the hospital. After they were working on them right there also, they just told me, your son's dead, and that I could go home now. I mean, I didn't want to leave my son. I didn't, I didn't want to come home without him. So I, just, I came home, and I was just going crazy because, like I said, it was just me and Junior. And I didn't know what to do. I was just walking in circles around the house. Naturally, I was upset and I cursed God out out loud. And people that started calling me, wanting to pray, and I cursed them and and the God they prayed to. I was just so upset. I was so so suicidal because I lost my baby boy. But then I realized I couldn't do that because I wouldn't go to heaven. And my plan was to go to heaven to be with my son again. So that's when I realized I had faith still in the back of my mind, you know, because something told me I couldn't do that. So I made my peace with God and I realized God didn't kill my son. Man did. Man is the one that killed my son. So that's why I started changing all the stuff around you know, for my son's honor, you know, I had to fight for him. I had to make, I wanted his name to go down in history. I want people to remember my son because what they've done to us. So after, after the funeral and everything, a friend of mine, 
brother-in-law passed away with COVID and they registered with FEMA and FEMA had a funeral assistant program during COVID. So I gave them everything they asked for. I thought, thinking, you know, they would be, I wasn't ready. I didn't plan for my son to die, so I wasn't prepared. But naturally, they denied me because they said my son died, didn't die of COVID. I told them, no, he died from the vaccine. They said they couldn't do nothing for me. So I told them, that's fine. I figured it out on my own. So I, that's why I started traveling to Austin, speaking in front of the Senate twice, up into Houston to speak in front of doctors. And then one after I started rolling, I mean, Every time I turned around, somebody wanted me to go speak and tell my son's story. And then I even got, after Austin, I had somebody ask me, what's your plans now? I said, I don't know. Something inside tells me to take it to D.C. So I said, I'm going to ride my motorcycle for more attention. I'm going to ride it all the way to D.C. And they said, well, what are you going to do there? I said, I don't know. I'll knock on the gate, see if Biden answers. I don't know. I need some answers. Somebody has to tell me something. Mm-hmm. So Senator Ron Johnson heard my story he called me and asked if he could do a, a zoom call with me i said sure so we talked for a while real nice guy he asked me if i would wait because he wanted to meet me in dc because my original plans were in october and so we we didn't uh, end up going till november for his round table mm-hmm. so that's where i met senator ron johnson and you know, all, all the vaccine injured also. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was pretty good uh, interviews and sessions I had there. I mean, even <clears throat> we I, we'd spoke in front of the Supreme Court steps and I had a congressman, I don't remember who it was. He, he shook my hand, gave his condolences and he gave me a hug. Then he asked, Mr. Ramirez, do you own a bulletproof vest? I said, no, I don't. He goes, you need to invest in one because they're watching you. They're listening to everything you're saying. And I started thinking, you know what? I'm not worried about it. If they, if that's what they're going to do, so be it. You know, I have no fear anymore. And so it's around the holidays, just a few days before Christmas. You know, naturally I'm depressed and upset. And uh, I receive a phone call from Dr. Robert Malone. He called to check on me to see how I was doing, which made me feel pretty good. He lifted my spirits up. And because, uh, I mean, I was really bad. And after we talked for a while, I get another phone call. I thought maybe it was another doctor that I had met along the way. This time it was FEMA. FEMA called me and asked me, they told me they needed more paperwork. And I told them, no, you don't. I gave you everything you asked for. You have everything about my son. And you denied me. And they said they put me on hold. They came back. Well, I'm being told if you change your son's death certificate that it, so that it reads COVID, we can help you financially. And I said, no, I will not disrespect my son in that way. And then she put me on hold again. This went on for about 45 minutes, on and off, constantly coming back, asking me to change his death certificate. 
I told her, look, I already told you. I will not disrespect my son in that way. I will not falsify government documents for financial gain. I said, so do me a favor, destroy that application and don't bother me anymore. And then this lady actually lowered her voice to a whisper and told me, I'm so sorry, Mr. Ramirez, and she hung up. In January, they emailed me, told me I needed to log into FEMA. And if I had any issues, they would help me. And I ignored it. That uh, email I sent out to Todd Collender, a Lieutenant Colonel Long's attorney. I sent it to Lieutenant Colonel Long. I sent it to Steve Kirsch and his attorney. I sent it to everyone. <laughs> that, uh, and I, uh, they called me in February again, asking me to change his death certificate. Oh, and I was also asked to uh, start recording these calls if they call me. So, uh, you know, I got a recorder and, you know, I've recorded me and some of the doctors to test it and it works fine. So when they called me in February to ask me to change it, and I don't know, I already told you, just leave me alone. I said, if you or anyone else want more information on me and my son, I said, Google my name and you'll find out exactly who I am. Folks, this is, uh, this is gripping. I, I've done... Hundreds of interviews I've uh, re- conducted, you know, so many interviews uh, at this point. Um, and I'm sitting here on the edge of my seat with my jaw down in disbelief that people within our government would be this despicable to try to coerce a grieving father, a grieving single father who lost everything into changing his son's death certificate to say that his son died due to COVID and not these shots. In exchange for that, they'll give him some blood money. Uh, I, I am appalled and disgusted that this has happened even once. And here's what I I have to say here. If this has happened once to Ernest, how many times has this happened in our country? If you've been wondering why we are fighting for justice, why we are fighting to access the grand jury system, why we are fighting to get Ernest and parents like him in front of grand juries, so that they can properly investigate the evil that is infecting our great nation. I think you're getting a a better feel for it right now. We're gonna come back after the break with more of this interview with Ernest Ramirez. And he's gonna tell us more about how our government has attempted to coerce him into doing the unthinkable. I don't, this is going to take a lot for me to process. I'm, I'm a single father as well. Um, my heart just breaks and goes out to earnest for everything he's been through with this 
This is why we fight. This can not stand. So if you are sitting anywhere listening to this and thinking to yourself, what can I do to help? The only answer in my heart that I'm hearing right now is everything you can do. This cannot be the way. This cannot be our future. And this must be punished for what it is. Unmitigated evil. We'll be right back with Ernest Ramirez and more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Um, Thank you for having the courage to listen to this testimony uh, by Ernest Ramirez. Um, and thank you for having the courage to allow it to move you in the way it should, to move you into action. This can not be the way. We are Americans. We are better than this. And our government must reflect that we are better than this. And the only way that we can get there is by holding this evil to the account and the punishment that it deserves. So I'm going to encourage you to go to beyondthecon.com and sign off in support of our grand jury petition, which is dedicated to Ernesto Ramirez Jr., dedicated to Simone Scott and all the children who have been killed by this evil shot. And to every child, every adult who has been injured and hurt, children like Maddie DeGarry, who trusted a government that we should be able to trust, who trusted an industry we should be able to trust. And our trust was abused in the process. Ernest, thank you again for coming back in. I want to set you back up. Uh, you were talking about FEMA contacting you a second time in February of 2022 to change, uh, if I may, Junior's death certificate. So to say that he was, um, his cause of death was COVID and not the shots. Can you start that yes, sir. February over again and then take, take off from there, sir? 
oh yeah, so that's they sent me emails asking me to log in, that they had paperwork to send me. I I decided not to answer it anymore. So that uh, email I sent to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, who became a good friend, sent it to her attorney Todd uh, Callender. I sent it to Steve Kirsch and also to his attorney. And you know, I'll send it to everyone that knows me that way. Uh, they can see, you know, what's being done. Because at the same time, they asked me to start recording these calls. And like I said, I've downloaded a recorder. I've used it plenty of times when I speak to these doctors that, you know, became real good friends of mine. So I know it works. So when FEMA called me in March asking me to change my son's death certificate so that read COVID again, and I told him, I already told you, I will not falsify government documents for financial gain. And I will not uh, disrespect my son in that way. So uh, I started recording the call, you know, as soon as I seen it was FEMA. And we were on the line for about 13 minutes. So when they hung up, I decided to review the recording I just uh, did. Well, uh, I ended up, all I heard was a click and I had 13 minutes of dead air. And then I went somewhere else to see if uh, they could uh, get another reporter. And the guy showed me all different types of uh, phone, uh, phone recorders. And he asked me what I wanted to record. And I told him what FEMA was doing. He goes, sir, I can give you so many recorders, show you everything, but you're not going to be able to record it because it's a government. They scramble their calls. Mm. So that didn't... Uh, you know, at least he was honest enough. He could have told me anything, mm -hmm. but he was honest enough to tell me that nothing was going to work. So, like I said, uh, uh, they, that was probably one of the last times they called me. And like I said, there, there's nothing going to stop me. I mean, the good Lord put me in this position for, like I said, he didn't kill my son. He's, my son's was a good Lord, but I think God knew this was going to happen. And God knows my heart, and God knows I'm a fighter. Mm -hmm. You know, God knows I don't give up. So, I guess He figured, well, you know, Junior's going to come home, and I'm going to need Ernest to do this battle because look, it's been over a year, and I don't see any other parents standing up next to me. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of action injured, yes, but I I know there's a lot of uh, families that lost their children. Where are they at? Did they get paid off? Did they get threatened? I mean, the bad thing about it, like I said, I have no fear. I mean, they're more than welcome to come to my house. I will, I will not go easy, but they are not going to scare me into doing it. Because like I said, I no longer have fear. Before I was afraid of dying, I already lost my son. So I have nothing else to worry about. My son's gone. My job is to make it up to heaven to be with him. But I know it's not going to take me any time soon, not until this is over and done with. Then I'll be able to rest and home. So, I mean, like I've always told people, I, got, I get phone calls, emails, text messages from all the world. And with the same situation. There are people begging me to go to different countries to help them. You know, I'm still a person. I'm not a president. I'm not an elected official. 
I have nobody of real importance that can change but I'll do what I am. I will fight as hard as I can to protect these children. Like you mentioned, uh, little Maddie Gary. I love that little girl. She's like my own little girl. Mm-hmm. She calls me on a regular basis, her and stuff. And all my back and injured family. I mean, I'm also fighting for them now. So it, I have my son's arm for our vaccine injured. Uh, I'll protect them as much as I can. I won't let any harm come to my folks. We're going to see if Ernesto can, uh, or excuse me, Ernest can come back on and join us. As you can hear, he's having a lot of interference right now, which is not surprising. I'm sure this is very common, uh, sadly, for his experience. Um, they yeah. don't want this message out, you know, and so I hope that we can, I hope you can understand in our recording what he is saying. I hope that you can understand what's coming on. He's just rejoined us. Um, we're not going to get a clean recording on this, but that should not stop the message. So I thank you so much for listening through all of this. And Ernest, we have you back. You were you were saying that under no circumstances were you going to stop. No, sir. Like I said, I'm now I'm, I'm sitting here fighting for my son's honor and protect my veteran injured because now I have a bigger family. I have so many injured people that no one's standing up for them. And if it has to be me, so be it. I'll, I'll stand and fight for them also. I met a little girl here locally close to me. She doesn't live too far away. She's vaccine injured. She, her name is Caitlin Harms. She was a believer in the doctors told her. They told her uh, they would either close the door on her, they would tell her it was in her head. She needs to see a psychiatrist. So this young lady, Ended up locking herself in the room. Didn't want to talk to no one. So he's talking about someone who lived just down the street from him. He got booted off again, folks. We're going to keep this rolling, not because this is great air and radio right now, but just so that you can know what Ernest goes through now and all the attempts of cyber censorship that he goes through on a daily basis. He was talking about a little girl Give us that name again. Ernest just jumped back on. Ernest, give us that name again for the little girl. Well, uh, she's not actually, but she's 23. 23. Name is Caitlin Harms. For me and you, we're we're old folks around here, so that's still a little young girl for us, right? Yes, sir. Caitlin Caitlin Harms? Yes, sir. H-A-R-M-S. So go ahead and finish that off, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in after you finish off uh, telling us about Caitlin a little bit. Yeah, like I said, her father found my son's car at a friend of mine's shop, accessory shop, and he just I don't know he just oh my god do you know this guy? And he started asking a bunch of questions. My buddy said yeah, you know he's a friend of mine, and of course he'll answer your call. So we. He called me on a Sunday. I spoke to him and his wife, and he, he described what his daughter's going through. And everybody he was back in injury. They didn't know what to do, where to go. And I and I told him, I have people I can connect you with. They're going to help you. They'll help you. Don't worry about it. They told me, well, we're, we're getting ready to fly out to California. 
Jesse Caitlin. He's charging us $10,000. Uh, folks, it's getting really bad, as you can, you can hear right now. So we'll see if Ernest can rejoin us one more time. But what I, what I want to show you and what I want to tell you right now is there's some good people in the world. You know, Ernest is one of the good people in the world. Steve Kirsch, who's been on this show, is one of the good people in the world. We have doctors who are like myself, who are trying to figure out how to undo this gene modification for these people, you know, kids and adults that have been injured by these shots. We're, we're doing everything we can to get these stories out so that immediately people can question the necessity and stop the shots. I mean, this program should have been shut down after 50 people had died way back in December of 2020. That's right. There were already 50 deaths within weeks of them initiating this in our senior population. It should have never been approved for anyone under 65 years of age. It should have never been approved when you listen to Brooke Jackson tell you about the clinical trials and how they committed criminal data fraud to make it look like they were safe and effective when they are everything but safe and effective. You have to have a certain level of fearlessness in this day and age if we are going to protect our children. And that's what Ernest is displaying right now, of course, through the most horrific of circumstances to get to that point. Ernest, you were able to jump on one more time, my friend. Um, I, I want to give you a chance yes, to uh, to just say, because I know you're getting hit hard right now with uh, with all the, the, the attempted censorship of this interview. Can you just tell the audience, and, and we'll keep uh, Caitlin Harms in our heart as well. Can you just tell this audience your final thoughts, advice that you would, what do you want to say to everyone listening? And let's see if we can get that final message out there. And then I'll share with everybody where they can go to support you and the work that you're doing to raise awareness on behalf of Ernesto. Uh, go for it. Yes, I just want people to open up, please just open up their eyes. This is not a vaccine. It does not prevent you from catching COVID. It does not prevent you from transmitting it to someone else. This is actually breaking down your immune system and it is uh, causing, uh, it's causing injury to everyone, either death or injury. So I, I just beg people to open their eyes to reality. They're here, they're destroying us, they're killing us because like I said before, they're trying to kill our God. They've done it. They, kick God of D.C. and out of our school. And now they're trying to take our freedom. They don't want us to have, you know, free freedom anymore. And now they're killing our children and our, our uh, families. So I just want everyone to, you know, just open up your eyes, start doing your own research. Don't take my word for it. There's hundreds and thousands of interviews out there where they can get all the information they need of other victims, other uh, injured. So, I mean, and if they need to, they're always welcome to call me, text me, email me. If they just want to speak to somebody, I, my phone's on all the time. I get phone calls all the time and I'll be glad to talk to them. If they, if they just need somebody to listen to them, I'm here. And uh, like I said, uh, be prepared. I'll be in Orlando 
I'm going up to Kentucky also. I'll be in Idaho. In two weeks, I was asked by the doctors to go to Vienna, Austria. They want me to go speak over there also. So I guess we're going international now. So if you see me anywhere, they're more than welcome to come up, talk to me. I'm not one of them people that are going to push them away. I want to meet everyone. That's what I'm here for. Amen. Ernest, uh, on behalf of everyone listening, and uh, I mean this, you know, we love you. And from one dad to another, one one single dad to another, um, what you are displaying is incredibly strong. Um, I would like to believe I'm a strong man. I don't know if I could do what you're doing, sir. And so I'm just very grateful that you have taken a horrific situation and you're turning it into something very positive for a lot of people. I have to believe and I know that there are many, many children whose lives have been saved because a parent heard your story and said, no, that's not going to happen to my child. Um, how can we support you? Uh, is there a place people can go on the internet to learn more about Ernesto and support you and in, in the work that you're doing? Yes, yeah, uh, I have Junior's Guardian Voice, his website. And there's also a donation button there. And I also have an application. If you're in, injured or grieving, you can fill it out, send me your information. So, you know, or, you know, whatever you take me, either or. I also have a funder, you know, to you know, help with travel to eat and every wet because I've been asked to go to so many different places you know it's just kind of hard but if I could I would because we got to continue until this stuff is over and done with try to get these people to stop torturing our people because this is our country they were elected for our best interest not for their own interest so we need to we need to destroy all that we need to take them out of office we need to get them out of position we need to find somebody that loves God, their people, and our country. That's what we need up there. Those are the type of people that we need. I mean, I've even called Biden out before on, on interviews. I told him, you know, if they can hear me all over the world, I know they hear me in D.C. And if he can't do the job, get out of the way and let somebody else that will do it. You know, because I know, like I said, I love my country. I love my people. And I know what's right. This would have stopped after the first, second injury or death me being a uh, man you know but i guess these are animals up there because they don't care so you know i mean we all got to stand together please watch out for each other and uh you know don't 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 fear each other you know because that's what they're trying to do break us apart don't reach out to your next the next person next to you and help them if you can that's all i mean that's what i really like to say amen well, uh, Brother Ernest, thank you so much for your dedication in the face of true adversity. Um, you are an inspiration to us all. And if you can stand up and do something about this after everything you've been through, there's no excuse for anyone else not to. 
to be honest with you. Um, once again, folks, you can go to juniorsguardianvoice.com and that's spelled J-R-S guardianvoice.com. So make sure when you go and check it out, it's J-R-S guardianvoice.com. You can donate to help Ernest continue to pursue justice. And uh, Ernest, I'm going to talk with you off air. We're going to get a copy of those emails and make sure that they get um, entered in to our, uh, our, our response to the courts. The courts are going to know you and it's going to be a matter of official public record. You know, I, I love all the stuff that you're doing and the doctors are doing and everything. I love what Steve is doing with the uh, React 19 group and we'll make sure everybody has these links. Um, uh, I'm at a point where I'm done talking. Um, not about this, but you know what I'm saying? Talk is so cheap. You know, we have to hold the feet to the fire and we have to press the attack now. And uh, that's what um, I'm proud to say my team is, is squarely focused on pressing this attack and forcing our legal system to do what it's supposed to do, protect the people and meter out justice to those who've committed, who've committed criminal acts. May God shine that divine light down upon everyone we love, including Ernesto. And may he surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. Folks, I have one request of you, uh, those of you with uh, kids like myself, Please make sure you go and you hug your kids tonight and tell them how much you love them. We never know if tomorrow is promised to us. I love you all. Thank you, Ernest, so much for all you're doing and have done. Let's go get these bastards. Soon.